Welcome to the Art of Unraveling podcast. My name is Erin McGuire, and I'm an empowerment coach and guide here to empower you into feeling completely worthy of a business and life that you love. This podcast is the place to learn how to unravel anything keeping you from that abundant, beautiful life that you so deserve. Nothing is off limits here as we navigate life through psychology, science, and spirit. Let's get into today's episode. Hi, and welcome back to another episode of The Art of Unraveling. Thank you if you're listening to the podcast. Thank you for those watching on YouTube. Thanks for being here. And I wanted to talk today about a theme I am seeing with clients. So whenever I start seeing themes coming up in the clients that come to me for support, I want to talk about those things because to me it's it's like a theme in the collective or something. It's a it's something that is being brought to my attention for a reason. And the theme I'm seeing is getting stuck in these addictive emotional loops, particularly around dating narcissistic men or women. I know there's narcissistic women out there too. Uh, so that's kind of what I wanted what I wanted to touch on today because a lot of the people in my world that work with me, probably a lot of those of you listening are highly sensitive humans. And that might mean, you know, taking that a step further, maybe an empath where you really can kind of feel the emotions of others. But highly sensitive people is actually a psychological term, and it means we have a more sensitive nervous system. It affects 20% of the population. And this isn't just like a spiritual concept that was created. It's it's like a it's a real psychological thing. And again, it makes you more sensitive. It makes your nervous system more sensitive. And so in my opinion, in my work with people, in my own experience, I feel like it makes us way easier to being dysregulated. And it makes us when, like if you were to interview your brothers and sisters, if you had any about their experiences in childhood, they'd probably have much different stories than yours because everything is just kind of overwhelming to the sensitive nervous system. And so I don't want to say everything, but you know what I mean. Things that may not have affected your non-highly sensitive brothers and sisters may have affected you differently. And so then there creates this layer of shame where it's like we feel like something's wrong with us because things were more intense for us than they were for our siblings or yeah it just it creates this level and layer of shame and what i also see this is again just my opinion so take that with a grain of salt from my experience is that we as highly sensitives and empaths tend to attract like because the, I, a lot of us have childhood trauma, I think I'm going to go out on a limb, and I've said this before, and say that if you've had, if you are an empath, most likely you've had childhood trauma. I've yet to really meet anybody that is an empath or that calls themselves an empath and doesn't have 
childhood trauma. And one, I think that's just because we have a more sensitive nervous system. And so things seem more intense to us. Lights are brighter. Noises are louder. You know, even our parents getting into a fight can seem bigger. So what I tend to see, I'm like, get back on track to the very beginning of what I mentioned we were going to talk about. What I tend to see is that empaths and highly sensitives can fall more easily into a codependent role. And what does codependency mean? It's it's kind of an umbrella that means so many things, but essentially it's just where we are needing, you know what? I'm going to look up an actual description. I'm not going to give you my description. I want to get Give me one second as I do this. Excessive emotional or psychological reliance on a partner, typically one who requires support on account of an illness or addiction. So that that's one definition, right? Codependent people tend to focus heavily on one person, that they don't have time to spend with other people who are important to them. A person who is codependent will likely feel like their personality depends on the other person. You may not feel like you know what you really like or who you really are. So those are some descriptors. It it goes way deeper than that. It's not just like, because a lot of people that are in these relationships, you know, it's not talking at all about narcissists there. But codependency really means that I am relying on something external from me to give me a sense of self. That's my definition. I should have just given that instead of finding that. But I like having, you know, scientific definitions or whatever you want to call it. But really, it's like I'm dependent on another person really to give me a sense of self because I have not developed that sense of self for myself. That's a lot of selves. And this, as I say this, you might be feeling a level of shame. Why, Aaron? why don't I have a sense of self? Doesn't everybody have a sense of self? Like, what the hell is wrong with me? Could be some thoughts you're thinking. That's me projecting because those are thoughts I've had. Like, what is wrong with me that I don't have my own sense of self and I'm unconsciously seeking that outside of myself, needing validation from others, needing approval, needing love and attention? Why is that? Okay, so if any of this is resonating for you today, then keep listening. We're hopefully going to give you some good information to use. But why is that? Okay, it's because... Childhood trauma. The simple answer is childhood trauma. Attachment styles. You weren't you weren't taught secure attachment as a child, and therefore you have to seek these things outside of yourself. You, when we grow up, as I grew up, you know, in a an addictive household, alcoholic household, with someone I believe is a narcissist. You literally as a child, are relying on that person for survival. And so if that person had any type of issues like that, it really begins to mess with 
your psyche, with your sense of self, with your self-confidence, with everything about you. And you're not given a healthy way to secure with that person. So you grow up with an unsecure attachment. I'm not going to go into attachment styles today. I've touched on that a bit in the past. But essentially, there's anxious attachment where you learn to attach from an anxious place. You feel very anxious when you are uh, rejected or abandoned in some way. There's the uh, dismissive avoidant attachment. That's where maybe you had somebody that was more clingy as an adult and or emotionally needy. And so you learn to distance yourself and kind of avoid people, situations, deep connection to keep yourself safe. Uh, again, those those are just skimming the surface about those attachment styles. But when we when we didn't grow up with a secure attachment, so le- really learning to understand how to securely connect with people. And I don't even want to say that actually. Let me re- let me rephrase that. Securely attach securely learning how to connect with ourselves, like feel secure in ourselves. We are going to if we didn't learn that, we're going to start seeking that outside of ourselves because we didn't receive that. So if if you are somebody who is in the middle of a really terrible breakup or single and you, you know, can't find love or just maybe you're codependent at work or with friends or whatever the issue may be. I just want you to know it's not your fault. Okay. You didn't do anything wrong. You're not a bad person. You're not screwed up. There's just some things you're going to have to unlearn and rewire to help you with this. Okay. And My go-to in any of this kind of work is the nervous system. So really understanding your nervous system and beginning to rewire these. A lot of women, I'm going to generalize here, but, you know, take that with a grain of salt because it's not true of everyone. A lot of women who are codependent fall into an anxious attachment style. They get very anxious and very uh, activated. So anxiousness is not who you are. It is a sign that you are dysregulated. So I'm kind of blending modalities together here, okay? Like I'm talking about attachment styles. You could spend days, hours, months, years talking and working through attachment styles. I'm talking about blending I think everything needs to be blended with nervous system work because knowing things, understanding it with your mind is not using, it's not getting into where the trauma is held, which is in your body. So we're getting a little heady here, but I want you to understand that you have to balance this stuff with understanding your nervous system because if you're, if you're in an anxious state that is signs that you're in a dysregulated nervous system, more of a flight trauma response. So the second we start to feel that abandonment from that person that we may be addicted to or feel like we're losing the grasp on that person, we go into anxiety. 
And that's being in that anxious attachment style. And all of this gets reflected back to how you were raised, right? So so for me, there is also a third attachment style called, um, oh my gosh, it just left my brain right as I said that, fearful avoidant. There we go. And, and there's different words for these. It might be anxious avoidant, but basically it's a blend of the two. Different teachers talk about, name them differently, but I, I was taught it as fearful avoidant. That's actually the category I fell into, where I actually have both. And, and I think a lot of, not a lot, but it, it's supposedly more uncommon to have both. But that's where you can have anxious attachment styles and avoidant attachment styles. And that's because if you grew up with somebody who at moments was safe and loving and at other moments was not safe and loving and scary and threatening in some way, then it's like that push-pull. And that definitely develops codependency. If you grew up with an addict, that definitely develops codependency. Uh, Or somebody with an illness that you had to caretake. It makes you, as a child, unconsciously wires you to think that your value comes from what you do for that person. And so when we grow up and become adults and start dating, we start, we we're still stuck in those same attachment styles and patterns, and we're unconsciously seeking people that look similar to that. So if you grew up with a narcissist, most likely you probably have dated and or married narcissists. And that's what's hard. It's a very, very challenging dynamic. And it's very challenging if you're stuck in that loop right now, like some of my clients are, some of the people that I know are. It's very hard to break because it just, it spins you out so much. And for some of the people that I've talked to recently, it's, they've even dated abusive, like manipulative people. And they're like, I feel so embarrassed that I keep going back to this. I keep, it's like, I'm embarrassed to even tell you that, that this is happening or that I'm, I'm emotional over this or that I'm sad. And that's not your fault. If that's you, that's not your fault. It's it's an addictive cycle and pattern. And we we go towards what's comfortable and what's known. That's what the subconscious loves. That's what the the mind loves. Sorry, I'm gonna have a little sip of my my mud water here. It's a little tea. We go towards what's known and what's familiar. So I attracted in my dating history so many guys that were emotionally unavailable, that were the dismissive avoidant, because I, if, if you're a fearful avoidant, whatever the part, whatever your partner is more of will push you into that. So if you date a really anxious partner, you'll become dismissive avoidant. If you are dating somebody that's dismissive avoidant, you'll be more anxious so it kind of pushes you into that extreme. However, I've showed up as both. But I would just date so many emotionally unavailable men. 
And it was such a painful process because if you have, if you struggle with codependency, as I've shared what that is, right? It's like, I need my validation and approval from you, from the person, from something outside of myself to show that I'm valuable, to show that I'm loved. So what does it mean when you're an uh, codependent? It means you have a, a lack of self-knowledge. You have a lack of a sense of self, not your fault, not your fault, but you, you don't know thyself. There is a lack of understanding and there's a lack of a sense of self because it wasn't developed in childhood. And so we're seeking that outside. There's a lack of love. You probably grew up with some sort of abandonment or rejection issues. A client of mine shared that her sister got more attention from her dad. And she, I can't remember if this was said to her. I don't think it was. But she created a story in her mind that her sister got more attention and more love from her father because she, my client, thought she was less beautiful, less skinny. She wasn't as skinny as her sister. She wasn't as beautiful as her sister. This is the story she created. So she has been seeking since she was a child to make herself more beautiful. We carry those patterns into our adulthood. Love and connection is one of the top six human needs that you cannot live without. You will create unconscious patterns, behaviors, and programs to get that need met. So she sought out plastic surgery and, you know, boob jobs and like all the things to to try and working out all the time and doing all the things to try to make herself look more beautiful and seeking that and seeking that. And as she gets older, it's that's getting, you know, things are changing in her body. And so when we're seeking out love and approval and a sense of self from something outside of us. It sounds like so basic, doesn't it? It's like, okay, know thyself, like find, go within, love yourself. All that stuff is so true. It's it. all we need is love. You know, the Beatles even sang about it and it all makes sense. And yet nobody gets, I don't want to say nobody. That's the wrong thing to say. It, It is such a deep dive personal journey to really get those things. Like self-love is not going and getting a manicure and a massage. Sure, those things count. But deeper self-love is recognizing where you deny parts of yourself and beginning to love those parts even the parts of you that you hate. And there's so much more, right? So I'm kind of sharing a lot of different aspects here. But codependency is such a it's such a thread in our society. It's such a it's so prevalent. 
even if you're listening to this and you're like, I have a great relationship, but X, Y, Z, I'm sure there's some area of your life where you can find a thread of codependency. And if you can't, God bless you, because you probably had a childhood where you were shown love, affection, attention, and given a really secure attachment style so that you feel secure within yourself so you don't have to go seeking that love and attention outside of you like a lot of us had to. So if you're listening to this and that's you, amen. Like, I'm so grateful I am so, you are so lucky. I want to say, I am so grateful for you. Yes, I am, because we need more secure people in the world. We need securely attached people. That's what creates healthy relationships. And the more secure you get with yourself, the more you're going to pass those things on to your children. And then that's how we change the world, right? So I did a lot of this work in my Empowered Women program. If you are like, Aaron, where do I start? I want to deeper dive into this. That is where I would send you. Um, you can do a monthly payment or you can save money and just buy the whole year. It's a year's worth of content around healing these patterns, um, not just attachment style. We go into so many different topics, you know, inner child healing, shadow work. Uh, it is a year long journey to. F- to really know thyself in that program. And maybe I need to change the title of it because yes, you get empowered, but it's like, it's so deep in really learning about yourself. If you really commit to doing the work, it you only get certain, you'd only get access to a certain amount each month because I don't want you to get overwhelmed. And if you can take the time, maybe just a few hours each month, to focus on the content that I give you and the questions that I give you and the the deep dives that I give you, you'll really begin to, to get a clearer sense of self and, and heal some of these old wounds that may be plaguing you. So at the beginning of this, I talk about emotional addiction, and I feel like I want to just touch on that, but save that for another podcast because I feel like this podcast kind of turned into more codependency. But just know that our body can become addicted to negative emotions, just like we can be addicted to drugs or alcohol or cigarettes. We can be addicted to a negative emotion. So every time, you know, for me personally, every time I would go into anxiety, it's like, that's what my body knew. It knew those chemicals. It, it knew those loops, like what would create the anxiety for me. And it was homeostasis. It was comfortable. It was home. And you can change that. That it, it takes time. Like for me, rewiring anxiety took a good, I mean, I probably started on this several years ago, but really intensely in the last year, I've been deeper diving into some of the depths of myself. And that's, yeah, deeper dive within the last year, I've been really intently focused on it, but it's taken a good year. And I'm not saying I'm over anxiety, but 
a lot has shifted is what I can say. A lot has shifted. And so I just really want you to know that if you are in that place of a breakup and finding yourself crying and really emotional and really anxious about this person and that person has the feelings of maybe narcissism or just it's just you're just sad about not being with this person anymore. I want you to really pay attention to the feelings and the loops that you get caught in. You know, like working with my client, it was like she kind of just would go into this cycle of really beating herself up, really going into, I've made so many mistakes. And this, you know, she was not just talking about relationships there. Like there were some other things in her life that she's really blaming herself for. And one of the things was this guy and he seemed great for a while. And that's the thing about manipulators and narcissists. So imagine this for a moment. You've got somebody who's codependent, who's wants and see wants that love, that attention from any source outside of his or herself. And then you've got a narcissist who loves attention and loves admiration and loves that, you know, that neediness. They almost feed off of that neediness. And know that narcissism is a scale. Okay, so just like all of these mental health things we talk about, there's a scale. So you can be a 10 on narcissism and be full blown. You can be a one, you know, and you can be anywhere in between. And by you, I mean whoever you're, the person that you're talking about. And so it's just like they're drawn together like two moths in a, to a flame the narcissist and the codependent because the codependent wants all that love and attention and like the narcissist will give it. They will give the love and attention. And then because the codependent is so needing that love, their love cup is so empty. Their attention cup is so empty and they, they lacked that in childhood. So it's like they've got this double whammy going on. The first sign of that love and attention, they just fall and they miss all the red flags because I'm sure there were red flags. There's always a red flag or two, but they miss it because they want that. They want that love so bad, right? So just think about that. It's like if you if you relate to this in any way, you're seeking that love outside of yourself, And this is where inner child work and the stuff we go through in my Empowered Women program are so important because we have to learn how to give those things to ourselves. The more you fill up your love cup, and I don't mean by getting massages and getting your nails done. I mean by like doing some deep, deep inner work, going to the places that You've repressed certain parts of yourself, feeling your feelings, being with your emotions, doing some emotional empowerment work. All the things I do over this year-long program in my Empowered Women program, you can do it monthly, you can do it for the whole year. We don't, when we, when we start doing those things, we stop needing 
the attention and the love outside of ourself. And we start catching the red flags sooner and sooner and sooner. And we start setting boundaries with people in our lives. That's when we start building our own inner strength. That's when we start finding ourselves. But nobody gets that it's a journey. It's not just like, oh, if I journal today and ask myself some questions, then I'll get myself more. Like, I'm not trying to be cynical here, but I think a lot of people think that self-love is this airy-fairy thing and nobody gets what it actually is, especially for those of us that grew up with narcissists, that are attracting narcissists, that have codependency issues, that grew up around addiction. It's not airy-fairy. It's not, you gotta get past the surface, and that is some of the most painful shit you might ever have to deal with, is your own inner pain, is your own inner fear that you might be unlovable, like going to those places is actually the most loving thing you can do for yourself. And that will get you to know thyself. Because when I tell people this all the time in my training program, you can only help other people. You can only be there for other people to the extent that you've been there for yourself. You can only... Hold other people's pain to the extent that you've held your own. And so how do we heal codependency? How do we stop these addictive emotional cycles? There is no one word answer. There's not even a sentence answer. It's literally doing the painstaking work of learning about yourself, feeling your feelings, doing some deeper dives. And you only move at the pace that you're ready to go. You don't jump off a cliff into the deepest (laughs) layers of the pool. You start at the baby end and you work your way, like you step in and you're in the baby pool and you're feeling what that feels like. And then you maybe go up to like your waist and you feel what that feels like. I mean, I suppose you could jump right into the deep end, but you know, it's not recommended if you've never gotten into the water before. So similarly, it work, that's how this work works for you as well. You know, especially if you want to work with me one on one, we hold that space for you to walk through at the pace you're ready to because you don't want to rush this stuff. So that's why it's a process. It's maybe a forever process. I'll probably always be learning things about myself, but rewiring those attachment styles, learning how to get out of anxious attachment and codependency, you're not going to be perfect at it. But when you learn and kind of uncover the basics of that, it just, it changes everything. It really does. So I'm happy to talk with you to see if one-on-one might be the best way for you if you really want some extra support as you go through this journey. 
I would be happy to do that for you. I use a lot of different modalities, both psychology-based and spirituality-based. I am an energy healer, nervous system coach. So I kind of bridge those two worlds together. And I find that that's most unique. There's not a lot of people bridging those two worlds together. And in my mind, in my world, I have to. Like, I can't have one without the other because the psychology stuff can sometimes be too in our head. And I should say my or body as well. So the psychology could be seen as the mind the uh, and the understanding of the patterns and having the, the, the verbiage to understand it. The spiritual could be seen as like the spirit, like we've got to help the spirit along and the energy body along. And then also the physical body using the somatic and nervous system tools. Because if I'm just staying in my head, I'm not and understanding everything. Great. I could repeat it all back, but I don't have an embodied experience of it where the trauma actually lies. I'm never going to fully get what I need. I'm never going to fully heal. That's been my experience because I've done all the others. I've done all the psychology, all the mind stuff, all the energy stuff, but I was still holding issues in my tissues. So I had to learn the nervous system. I had to learn about my body and how it holds things. And that has been revolutionary in changing the pattern once and for all. And then I still use all the other tools to keep it going. So my all of my work is informed in that way. So if you want a more self-paced program I and want to dive into these, these different layers of knowing thyself, I highly recommend the Empowered Women program. And if you want, um, sorry, I'm getting an idea here. If you sign up for the Empowered Women program for the full year, I will gift you the Nervous System Healing Program for free. That's a $222 program. You'll get that for free if you sign up for the Empowered Women for a full year. Just send me an email and say, I heard this on the podcast and I'll make sure you have that link. So then you'll get a double whammy of all of the psychology, all of the spiritual tools, as well as the nervous system. That's for the self-paced part. Also, I have a one-on-one working with me over Zoom where I can help you individually with what you're specifically going through to help you process that in a safe way uh, and really move into a whole new way of being. Let's talk about that as well. All right. So shoot me a message, purelighthealings at gmail.com or find me on Instagram, Facebook, or TikTok at purelighthealing. Thank you so much for being here. I hope this was helpful. I know I kind of touched on a lot of different aspects, uh, but I hope it was helpful. It's a theme that's going on right now. I felt called to share Thanks for being here. Thank you so much for joining me today. If you liked this episode, make sure you subscribe and leave a review on iTunes. If you would like to connect with me more, you can find my website, my services, and my social media links all in the description of this episode. Remember, you are a beautiful and divine and powerful being, and it's time to own it.